What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, aka Kilgallen's Pub. Happy Friday to you and yours. That's right, recording on a Friday morning. Podcast coming out a little bit late this week, a little bit like three, four days late. I'll tell you why. I got a good reason why. But before that, let's start off with some motherfucking gratitude on this fine Friday morning. Big shout out, big thanks to all the Patreon subscribers. You guys got privy to some pretty fantastic news. Little sneak peek and a photo there for you. Uh, so thanks to the Patreon subscribers. Love you all to death. And also thanks to everyone who supports anything I do. If you bought a ticket to a show, if you follow me on any social media, subscribe to the YouTube. I appreciate that. Why don't you share that YouTube link with some people, huh? Daddy needs some more video views. All right. So um, again, apologies for the podcast coming out a bit late this week. Typically, I've been dropping them on Tuesdays. It is Friday. Well, we had another holiday weekend, which throws things off, but it was madness, madness in the Kilgallen household this week. Both sons were sick. Um, They had Monday off for President's Day. Then you have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They missed three days. They were off four days. My preschooler actually went back yesterday, and then my kindergarten son went back today. So he's going just for one day, and then he gets the weekend off. What a life. What a fucking life that kid's rocking right now, huh? Barely going to school. Every time he complains a little bit, I want to be like, dude, you don't have shit to worry about in your existence. You understand me right now? You don't have a care in the world. You don't have a job. You know, I've become like all of our parents. Our, you know when you're a little kid and your parents say stuff to you where it's like, get a job. You have no bills. And you're just like, I'm a fucking kid. I don't give a shit about your goddamn bills. God damn. I'd get together with my other kid friends. We'd be like nine, 10 years old, hanging around, smoking cigarettes in an alley and being like, can you believe these fucking parents with these bills? Shut the fuck up about your bills, man. All right? Go get me a fucking Pop-Tart, you dumb fuck. Like, that's what we would say. But we would never say that to our actual parents. You know, but when you're being a hard-ass, hanging out with friends in a hard-ass setting, you get tough, you know? So you know, you're, you're taking a drag off your candy cigarette, and you're like, so I told this bitch, I'm like, I want my breakfast at 724, not at 730, Okay? That extra six minutes, I get I get hangry. All right, ma. So you, you have the fucking tarts ready, okay? And if you buy cherry on accident one more time instead of strawberry, oh, guess who's not getting a fucking Mother's Day present? You bitch, you. Like that was the stuff you, you know. But you would never do that in real life. You're like, thanks for the pop tart. You know, you're nice. You're a nice person. But you know, when you're hanging with your friends, that's when you talk a big game. You know, do, do kids still do that? I don't know if kids are still like that. I think kids are sweeter this, these days for, for the time being. Um, and then they get older. I think I think what I've noticed from uh, observing how the playground works, you know, again, my kids in kindergarten, so kindergartners are all sweet by nature. At least they should be. But every now and then you have a dickhead kindergartner. My kid luckily doesn't have any of those. But, you know, you've seen them throughout the years, right? You ever come across a kid where you're like, how old is this kid? I'm like, oh, he's almost in first grade. And you're like, oh, he's a piece of shit, huh? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so the parents are pieces of shit. Because there's there's a difference between being a kid who who is like poorly behaved and being a piece of shit. You know? Poorly behaved kids like, hey, teacher's talking, you need to be quiet. Look, all right, fine, whatever. Kid's got some energy, he's rambunctious, not a big deal. Then there's a kid that's a straight up piece of shit. You know what I mean? Where it's like he's pushing people over. He's just interrupting everyone. Like, just he's an asshole. You, you'll see. You'll see that kid. Like, 
all of a sudden you're, someone's talking and then he just runs up and knocks something out of their fucking hand. He, like, he doesn't even really have friends, but like he, it's kindergarten. So like he just kind of wanders around from group to group, but nobody's ever like, hey, let's get that kid over here to hang out. Like, No, that kid sucks dick. I, I'm not literally. It, it gets weird with the insults when you insult children. Um, I take that last part back. You can say that about an adult, but not a kid. Kids, you could call an asshole. Not your own kid and not to their face. But if you're talking about kids, you could be like, those kids over there, real assholes. But you can't say what I said earlier. I strongly regret that. And if I wasn't a lazy piece of shit, I would edit that part out of the podcast. But whatever. All right. So, um, yeah, everyone was sick all week in my my house. It was exhausting, except this guy. I don't get it. I, don't, I must be immune to my wife and children. Because when I get sick, they're fine. But when they get sick, I'm fine. And I never get stuff from them. Rarely. Maybe like maybe once. It's incredible. Because people are always like, and you're fine? That's how they, they say it. Too. They go, and you're fine? They ask, they go, so both your sons and your wife are sick? I'm like, yeah, yeah. But you're okay. Yeah. Go, huh. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. What to, I don't know why it's so unbelievable that, you know, I have a great immune system. Shouldn't surprise people if you've met me. Right? Very very vigorous is that the word vigorous young man uh here's an announcement a little reminder really i've already announced it tickets are moving uh but still available for uh my show that i'm doing down in arizona in chandler arizona which is just outside of phoenix borders mesa arizona so my cub fan listeners if you're gonna be in spring training that time of year to see the cubs at sloan park in mesa come on down to mike drop mania in chandler arizona I can't wait to uh, meet Chad McDaniel. I've got a lot of friends there uh, I'm going to see. So it's going to be a great time. I'm going to see an old friend, Laura Zaremba. I'm going to see um, my boy Crawley. He's going to be out there. A lot of Cub fan friends are going to be out there. I couldn't name them all. Take too long. But it's going to be a great show and a great trip. It's a short trip. I'm only going to be there for a couple of days. I wish it could be a longer trip. But, you know, I got a lot of work. I got a lot of work in March. So I would I would have stayed longer, but I got to get back to Chicago for some shows, which is a good problem to have. It's a very good problem to have. And um, I'm doing some road work in June. Um, nothing crazy, mostly Midwest. I'm going to do a weekend in South Bend at the Drop Comedy Club. That, I believe, is the 9th and 10th of June. And then the 22nd, 23rd, or 23rd, 24th, that weekend I will be in uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa doing the new comedy club there. Uh, so it's going to be a good month of June. Um, May, I'm going to do a show in Minnesota. I don't have the exact details for that just yet. I mean, it's locked down, but I don't know where it's going to be. <laughs> it's part of this group uh, I'm in called Club 400. It's a Cubs charity, and they're doing a road trip where the Cubs are playing the Twins up in the Twin Cities, up in Minneapolis. And I will be performing like one of the nights, the Saturday night, but I don't have the venue yet. So it might just be at the hotel where everyone's staying. So I'll, I'll figure that out and I'll make an announcement. So those of you in that area can come on out. All right. Uh, sliding over. Let's, let's do a little weekend recap. Um, even though the weekend was a long time ago, I got to, uh, open for at the Den theater, the Den theater in Chicago, a beautiful theater. It's where my guy, James Webb, who directed my special that we are putting the finishing touches on. It is so damn close to being done and i'm very excited about that 
he directed Sam Morell's special at the Dent Theater, which is on Netflix. Um, a few, a lot of big names have come through there late recently. David Tell performed there, Neil Brennan. Um, some other ones are coming up, but I got to work with a really funny dude, uh, Scott Cease, who blew up all over TikTok. Now he was, a st- I got, I got to say this because I know a lot of people and there's a lot of older people like people, you know, not like old, old, but like, I don't know. How do I explain this? There are people who, when they hear someone blew up on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube, they still have this thing where it's like, oh, and it's like, no, you're fucking wrong. You're wrong to think that to me, that's more impressive than the networks or industry selecting you. Because seriously, what the fuck? Do, what is industry? The, what is the entertainment industry, right? So say like you got selected to do some Comedy Central half hour special. And I've got a lot of friends who've gotten to do that. And they're all very deserving. I think everyone who's gotten it's been deserving, of course. But that doesn't, but for as many people who've gotten it that are deserving, there are people who didn't get it who are sometimes more deserving. There's people who get it probably aren't deserving either now that I'm saying this out loud. But my point is they only give away eight to 10 of those. And they have to diversify who they like, you know, who they show, which is good. You know, you want representation. And and if you're booking something you want, you know, like when I book a show, I think to myself, like, okay, not everyone in the audience is going to have my exact humor. So I need to diversify the styles of humor. That's how I view it. Now, because of that, so like the Comedy Central's office, whoever makes the final decision, it's a handful of people. So a handful of people get to decide. Now, obviously, there's recommendations. They watch tape and go, hey, all right, we feel pretty confident that when we present this comedian to our audience, they're going to be liked, you know? But think about blowing up on a social media platform, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, or whatever. Now, there are people who will get famous for a thing and then try stand-up because the thing they got famous for, you can't really sell tickets to. So it's like, okay, this guy does reaction videos of video games how are we going to monetize that? And then maybe he'll be like, well, I could do a stand-up thing. And it's a lot of times it, it'll suck. Now, Scott Cease got famous on TikTok for doing this like angry Ikea employee character and this style. And it's fucking hilarious. I saw them and thought they were really funny when they first came out in like 2021, I want to say, like late 2021. And I'm like, this guy's hilarious, right? I didn't know he was a stand-up even. I just thought, oh, he's a funny guy who pops up on my TikTok feed. And I realized, I'm like, holy shit, I'm not even following him on TikTok. I see all his videos, but I'm not following him. He just showed up in my page so often. Dude's got like 1.8 million TikTok followers, and he's doing well on the other platforms as well, but TikTok's been his bread and butter. He's selling out everywhere he goes now. Sold out. They had to add a second show. It was originally supposed to be one show at the Den Theater this past last week, Friday night. They added a second, sold them both out. Now, the Den's not huge, but I want to say like 325 so the dude's selling almost $700, $700, $700 tickets in one night, um, which is awesome, right? This guy doesn't, it's not like he has an HBO special or, or even credits from like Comedy Central or network television. It's all off of social media. And I will say this, he his stand-up act is awesome. It's really, really funny. Super. I was like, holy fuck. I mean, I looked him up because I'm like, I, I heard he was a stand-up beforehand. And then that was the thing. I'm thinking like, oh, people are just going to think he's some TikTok guy. But no, this dude was putting in the work as a stand-up comedian. Still a young guy. I think he's 29, I think he said he was. And I'm like, man, fuck you. Good good on you, bro. Good on you, dude. Be 29 and, and just having all the success right now. Smart guy. Very funny guy. Very cool guy. Really enjoyed talking to him, hanging out with him between shows before the show. Um, 
yeah, so I wish Scott sees nothing but success. So with that, I'm bringing up that he's going to be in Cocaine Bear, which comes out tonight uh, in theaters everywhere across America on the 24th. And I was talking about the movie with him and without giving anything away too much, but he's got, he's got a pretty sizable part. And uh, the only thing I'll give away is they film it in Ireland, even though I think they try to say it's Northern Georgia or whatever. So when you're watching the movie, you'd be like, that's fucking Ireland. Um, Cause I was jealous. Cause he was in Ireland for six weeks filming a movie. I was like, Oh dude, that's amazing. And he's like, dude, I'd, I'd live there. I'm like, I, I, I had family that did. <laughs> they got the fuck out of there. Couldn't grow a potato. Had to deal with some asshole neighbors to the, to the fucking East. But anyway, um, so uh, I don't know why I just gave you guys a history lesson there. Ireland is a great country. And obviously things are a lot better in Ireland in 2023 than they were, um, you know, 80 to 120 years ago. Cause that was about the range. My family all came through here. So um, it's a fun movie. Now, I haven't seen it, but the concept is fun. And me and him were talking about the movie um, Silent Night. Was that what it was called? There was like where Santa Claus is like killing people that came out over December. And then Top Gun. And like, so I think everyone's always talking about what's going to save the movie theaters. Fun movies. Start making fun shit again. Because um, it feels like every movie is either like a massive blockbuster, like a Marvel movie, which those are doing great. So there's no fixing need, need, needing to be done there. But like, as far as like, like your standard, like I can't imagine the cocaine bear budget was that big because there's no like main movie movie star in it. There's some people where you're like, oh, I've seen them in this and them in that, but there's no, the, the title is the star cocaine bear. You know, that's what it should be about. Make a story where the plot is so big. You don't need stars around it. I was looking through old DVDs recently, um, was cleaning some shit out and I was, I still hold on to my DVDs. Some people like get rid of them. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm going to keep them. And I came across American Pie. Now, American Pie, a lot of you guys are young who listen to this podcast, came out in 1999. And it was a massive hit. Massive. It's a teenage movie. The whole plot was four teenage boys um, make, a, make a pact to try to lose their virginity by prom night because they were seniors and still virgins. And back in the 90s, worse before that period, but like if you were a virgin, in the 90s, if you were a virgin in high school, up until by, by senior year, if you were a senior virgin, I mean, you were a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> like you were, not you weren't a piece of shit, but like you were a leper. Seriously, being a virgin in, the, in high school in the 90s was a plot. That was, that was a thing. They were like, why even have a dick or a pussy? Like that was, they really gave you a hard time. I don't know how people knew, but people knew. Every teenage movie or television show at one point had a thing where it's like, what are you, a virgin? <laughs> and they would laugh and look at the people behind them and the people behind them like, yeah, fucking make fun of them for not fucking yet. Yeah. What's the matter? Can't find someone's pussy to put your little dick in. Yeah, they're high five. That was in every 90s, 80s, 90s television and movies. That was a big thing. And it was just crazy how that was a thing, you know? Um, but yeah, so that movie though, didn't have like a star. No one really knew who all those teen actors were before that. I mean, some of them had done some stuff here or there, but the plot carried the movie. So I think they need to go back to comedy action where the plot carries it. I'm not saying like, I want to, I love movie stars still. I still think that's a great thing. You know, certain people you're like, I, I got to see that guy's next movie or that woman's next movie. Um, like for a while, I knew Melissa McCarthy comedy that was coming out. I'm like, oh, I know it's gonna be pretty good. Jason Bateman had a crazy run there. Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell, you know, you're like, I got to see these guys' movies. I still think though, the biggest thing hurting 
movie theaters right now. And I've been saying this on this podcast for fucking years. And I know recently some famous person stole the idea is that if a movie's budget is like $50 million, you don't need to charge 20 bucks, the same 20 bucks that Marvel's charging for a movie that costs 200 million. That I do not get, you know, like when you go see a band, obviously Lady Gaga tickets, a couple hundred bucks, some up and coming band, 25, right? Uh, that makes sense. I'm a stand-up comedian. You're not paying Dave Chappelle tickets prices to see me. Okay. You're going to pay 20 bucks and thank you for that. But like, that makes no sense in the movie world for a budgeted movie, like some indie movie that costs $39 million to make. You're going to charge the same amount of money as Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. Fuck you. Like that's, in, that's a dumb business model. And I think what could really help them is be like, all right, our movie cost 10 bucks because it didn't cost that much for us to make. And the movie theaters would be happy to charge that because they'll be like, all right, yeah, it's another option. So say you're like on a Friday night and you're like, I don't really know what I'm going to see. And you're like, I don't want, I don't know. Like I like Marvel movies, but Ant-Man's not one of my favorite. I could wait until this one gets to Disney plus, but you still want to go out. You want to grab a bite to eat. You want to see a show. All right. What's this indie movie? That's got great reviews. Hmm. I don't know any of the actors. I don't know. The plot seems a little bit too, mm, but you know what? It's only 10 bucks. Hey, maybe it's good. Hey, fuck it. Let's go. Like that's the mindset that could save movie theaters across America. I really do run for some kind of office. I'm telling you right now, I've, I've got just the best ideas, but I have ideas that some people don't like, or they wouldn't like, even though it would help them. You ever have an idea where you're like, this is going to help people, but I know people are going to be like, eh, I don't want it. Like the neighborhood I live in there. I got on one of those stupid Facebook groups, neighborhood Facebook group. And what's really stupid about it is that I always check it. I don't know why for a while I was kind of not on Facebook much anymore, but I'm starting to get back on it because these neighborhood groups, because it baffles me how so many of them just don't get it. And you could tell the people who are the most active on there don't leave their neighborhood. My neighborhood is statistically one of the safest neighbors in the city. And every time there's even the smallest theft, these people freak the fuck out, right? There's an, a city election coming up in Chicago this Tuesday. So mayors, aldermen, which is city council, they're all running, you know, and there's lawn signs everywhere. I don't know when the lawn sign became the big way to support a political candidate, but apparently it is. And it kind of works because the guy running for reelection in my ward, he's dominating the lawn sign game. It's lawn signs everywhere. Uh, I don't know what to think of the guy. I don't really have anything against him personally. I don't think, although he's been accused of some shit where I'm like, that's embarrassing where it's like he's denied service to political opponents and the FBI is investigating him. But I feel like that's a rite of passage for most Chicago politicians. So, you know, but what I don't like about him is the people who love him act like he's done so many great things. And I go, I've lived here his entire term and nothing has changed for the better. If you ask me, not one thing has gotten better. So why is he great? That's all I want people to question. And then you start to dig in and you're like, oh, well, he hates the shit they hate. And so the people who are the most vocal in this neighborhood Facebook group are people who are like, anytime there's like something floated where they're like, hey, there's an empty lot over here. Someone wants to put in an apartment complex with that, you know, that it's close to transportation. This is a good spot for a big apartment building. They go, no, we don't want it. Uh-uh. They get so mad. They're like, it's going to bring in crime. It's going to cause traffic. And the cause traffic thing always cracks me up because it's like, no, we're building this big apartment complex. It's a four, four floors or whatever, right across the street from the train. 
And then people are like, but where are these people going to park? It's like, no, they're not going to park. We're hoping that the people who want to live here are people who take the fucking train, seeing how it's across the street. And since they don't have a car, what's going to happen is, you know, how there's all these empty storefronts around here now because you lazy fucks just want Amazon and you sh and you drive everywhere. So you stopped going to places that you could walk to, you fat fucks. So all those empty storefronts, we're hoping by bringing in new residents, some of those storefronts will start to fill up and some good businesses will be sustained by all the new people who are walkers. That's why we're not providing parking for them. And that's the thing about apartments too, is usually you, if you're someone who drives around, you're going to live somewhere where there's parking. If you're someone who prefers to take the train, you might move into a brand new apartment with new amenities and all that new fixtures, new stove and fridge and all that type of thing, because it's right across the street from a train station. And then if a sushi place fills up that one storefront, and then you got a pot store at that other storefront, then maybe we get a bar in there or we get like some, you know, even practical stuff. Maybe a Kinko's will pop in. Those businesses will do well because they'll have foot traffic around them all of a sudden again. You see? See all the stuff you complain about with the storefronts being empty and all that kind of thing because you guys are so fucking lazy and all you do is Amazon shop and you never leave your stupid houses. You just stay on Facebook and bitch all day. Yeah, this will help that. And, and, and that's what kills me too is that they always are like, well, we need to have a meeting about this. I don't like that. I don't. I'm, I'm a big fan of community and all that. And there needs to be some zoning things. But if you're going to build something that's already within the zoning param like parameters or whatever, because obviously you can't build a skyscraper in the middle of a fucking sing single family home block, clearly. So, but if you're going to build something that is allowed, you don't need a fucking meetings. Now, you could have meetings if you're going to change the zoning to build something different. I can understand that because then you can voice your concerns. Sure. Um, it's so weird to me. It's like, I just bought a massive plot of land and you're going to tell me what I can and cannot build on it. I, I don't know. Does it sound like freedom? Does it sound like freedom to me, you know? But they, they that these people don't realize that either. Is that neighborhoods with vibrant businesses and with good walkability, that's the new future. That's the new future. My neighborhood actually has pretty good public transportation. The walkability is not great. It's really not. But if you get more residents in who aren't drivers, that will help. Because I do, every now and then I do see a business pop up and I think, oh, that'll do well. And then it's I, I'll pop in there. And I'm like, oh, how's it going over here? And they're like, Ah, cars just zip right by. I'm like, yeah, I know. Nobody walks. Even when in the summer, these fuckers aren't walking anymore. So yeah, create more walkable neighborhoods. Um, that'd be my big platform. And everywhere. If I were president, I would try to encourage. Obviously, as president, you don't have, you can't just go make your neighborhoods walkable. But I would encourage that. I learned this this past summer. This past summer, when gas went to six bucks a gallon, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. All right. I took a bus to a train to do my shows downtown this one night and granted it was summer. So it was nice. I was like, the weather's good. Now Chicago does have a crime problem on public transportation a little bit. Thankfully I've not seen it and I take it a decent amount. Um, I still drive probably 70% of the time, take the uh, train and bus 30% of the time, but I'm also a goddamn unit. You know what I mean? No one's going to fuck with me when they see me on the train, they see me and they're like, look at that hunk. That is a fucking large man right there. You know, I'm not going to, Maybe he's an undercover cop. We don't want to fuck with that guy. I've often thought about that. You know, if I'm walking in a situation where, or if I'm like out at night and I'm like, what if someone tries to mug me over here? You know what I'd say? I'd just be like, dude, I'm an undercover cop and I'm fucking exhausted. I could arrest you right now, but I'm, I'm going to, this is your get out of jail free card 
right? Go go a block over and mug someone else. All right. Cause because Papa's had a fucking day. All right. That's how I'd say it. Um, I don't know how I'd say all right like that. I don't know why I said I, but I would be like, you got it? You got it, bud? Huh? Sorry, I didn't mean to be so loud in the mic. I hope I didn't burn anyone's ears. I'll be softer now. Hey, ASMR. All right. Yeah, I don't. That'd be a good lie. You know, you know what I would do when I would do shows? I've ever done shows in the areas where I'm a little bit like, eh, a little sketchy over here. The pen that I write my jokes on, I hold it. You guys will see this one on YouTube. If you're listening on audio, you're going to watch this on YouTube. Really get the fact. I hold it like this. So like when I'm walking, it just looks like a guy's walking with his hands normal. But I got the pen tucked in and I got I got it out. Like if there's a clicky top one, you got to click that shit out. So if someone tries to grab me, I come right in with the pen into the jugular. It's so fast. It's it's almost better than having a gun at that point, you know? Um, because what they do, they'd, they'd, they'd take the gun on me, give me your wallet, and be like, oh, shit, shit, shit. And it fucking in the jugular and you grab the other person's hand. Because when someone gets a pen to their, their neck, their first thought is, Holy fuck, did I just get a pen to my neck? They're not thinking I got a fire at this guy. They're thinking I got a pen to my neck. God damn it. Am I just going to get ink poisoning or, or is this going to rip an artery over here? Am I dead? Is this how I die? So I go out. I knew a life of crime was a bad choice, but am I really going to die by getting a bick in the fucking neck? Son of a bitch. This is a big pen too, by the way. So crime doesn't pay kids. You don't know who's carrying a pen on you. It might take you down that way, right? All right, anything else I wanted to mention? Oh, here's a lovely story. On TikTok, there was uh, this, uh, I got to dig into it though. For, for for whatever reason nowadays, you find a lovely story and then later you find out like now that they're all terrible people and you're like, son of a bitch. So like, um, remember a few years ago, there was this like kid who was crying. He was a weird looking kid and he was crying as people were bullying him and everyone's like, motherfucker. God damn, this bullying's got to end and everyone's like, being, I'll give you free tickets to this. Athletes and celebrities were like being sweet to this kid and you know, I was really trying to teach people. And bullying is terrible, of course. And then the story came out later. It's like, oh, this kid's running around saying racist stuff. He's not, we're not bullying him because he's got a weird looking head. We're bullying him because he's an asshole. It's not even bullying him. He's saying stupid things. And we're all like, would you shut the fuck up? No one likes you over there. Maybe the no one likes you part's a little mean, but pe people should say that. You should be like, hey, keep saying dumb things and mean things. You're being mean. We're going to tell you that we don't like you. And then if that makes you cry, then we're going to tell you again. Hey, fix yourself, buddy. Okay. So that, and then that was sad because everyone rallied around that poor kid. And then it turned out he was not nice or his mom sucked. Maybe, I don't know. Either way, don't, don't be mean to people. So TikTok, here's the nice thing about TikTok is I've noticed it's done a good job helping small businesses and whatnot. This uh, girl, her father had written a book, took him 14 years to write. I guess he's, you know, he's got three kids. So family always came first. That was the thing she emphasized. And who cares how long it takes? You wrote a book, man. Good for you. Gets the book published, which is very difficult to do. Um, sales weren't good though. Nobody was really buying the book. She makes a TikTok about how it would make his day if you know the book sales went up. Here's the book. It's called Stone something or other. What's it called? Stone Deviance, Stone, whatever. Look it up. Just write TikTok book sales. You'll find it. And the book went through the roof. Like number one on Amazon right now. I looked it up. It's the number one selling book on Amazon. because the video got like fucking 30 million views or something like that guy's so happy he's so pumped up the daughter's like i'm the best daughter in the world and i'm like that's a sweet story i kind of like tiktok being used for that reason helping promote something spreading the word because like i was saying before when i was talking about like people who get famous via social media versus people who get famous like the old-fashioned way the new way to me feels more organic 
it feels better in a sense because it's like, hey, America, the world saw you and said yes. Whereas when some record company signs a band, it's that whoever is in charge of the record company, two or three people who get to make those decisions, they said yes to that band, you know, and then they get a record deal and maybe the band's good and they'll stick around for a while, or maybe they're obnoxiously garbage and we have to listen to them over and over again on the radio. And that's how they actually seep into people's heads. And they're really not that good, but they just get a lot of fucking airplay, you know? So that's what I like to see. And the book though is about serial killers. It's a serial killer book. So I remember thinking to myself, like, that helps. So it's like this girl saying, please buy my dad's book. He's the best dad in the world. He took 14 years to write this book. He's just happy that it's there. But I would love if you guys could buy some. I think it would really help him. It's about serial killers. People are like, all right, cool. I'll give it a whirl. Why not? I got an extra 12 bucks to spend on Amazon or whatever the book might cost. Let's give it a, let's give it a purchase. Let's help out. That's real sweet. I like what she's doing here. It's going to feel good to buy this book. And I like the serial killer stories. Fun. Now, she was like, hey, my dad wrote this book, took him 14 years to write it. You know, he's the best dad in the world. I love him so much, but nobody's really buying the book. If you guys want to check it out, it's about stamp collections. Please, People will be like, yeah, it's no. You know what I mean? Like he he chose the right genre. And I think that's what really is helping. Again, if, if this book was about fucking boring ass things, if this book was about like accounting and why it's the career for you, no way, no way it does well. I feel bad that people always choose accountants as their boring go-to job. I know some really fun, cool accountants. My cousin Doug's a great accountant. Fun guy. I don't know why it's always associated with people who are just like, um, did you put the reports in? And they're like adjusting their glasses that are already always broken. feels like that was a stereotype for a long time too. Nerds always had broken glasses. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think now they're, now they're just like, hey, I could I could fix. I'm, I'm a nerd, which means I've gotten some money because I was smart. Nerds have to be smart too. I have to remind people that. There's a difference. Nerds are also smart and you, and you, you can be a nerd for anything, right? You could be a sports nerd. You could be like a Marvel nerd, of course. Uh, but nerd to me, it doesn't even mean outcast anymore. There was a time when nerd meant outcast, not anymore. Cause you have people who'd be like, I'm a wrestling nerd. Wrestling is insanely popular. I'm a Marvel nerd. Marvel is insanely popular. It used to be nerd was outcast. Now it's not. Now it just means you have a deep passion for something, but you also have to be smart. Because if you have a deep passion for something, but you're not smart, you're not a nerd. You're a dork. Now you've learned a lesson. See, that's what it is. Passionate, nerd. Passionate, but not smart, dork. All right. That's as good a time as any to end the podcast. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for checking out the Joe Kilgallen podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. Um, the Patreon subscribers, uh, you guys got a little sneak peek on something that's happening very soon. So for a little $3 a month, you could jump on the Patreon. Also, all Patreon subscribers will be mentioned in the special thanks section of my special that will be coming out maybe on a platform, maybe on YouTube. We're still feeling that out. I'll let you know. I might just do the YouTube way because I just want everyone to see it. I don't care about making money off it. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks so much. Cheers.